The Kevin Durant saga hits its latest turn. Could KD end up in Celtics green? Plus the latest news and rumors from around the lingering NBA free agency and trade landscape. This is Locked on NBA. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily source for all things NBA from the Locked On Network. Glad to have you with us. Thanks for joining us and making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network and co-host of Locked On Nuggets. Joined by my co-host, David Ramil. You can find him on Twitter at DRamil13, co-host of Locked On Heat. We're here to break down all the latest news. And David... Nowhere else to start. Sometimes I wonder about what we're going to talk about on today's show. There was no question on Monday morning as we record this on Monday afternoon after Shams Terrania. In the latest update, as well as Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN, both reported that the Boston Celtics have actually submitted an offer for Kevin Durant. The offer was centered around Jalen Brown. The Nets rejected that offer, then turned around and offered their own counter offer, which included Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, as well as multiple picks and another rotation player, according to Chirania. So, David, let's just go ahead and start here. Uh, we'll get into the specifics of why I'm not necessarily like rushing to break down and, and get my sense around what this is going to mean in a minute. But I want to get your sense of when you heard the when you read that this morning, when you saw woke up and saw the news, what was your initial reaction to the idea of the Celtics potentially moving Jalen Brown to acquire Katie? That it made sense. Uh, I mean, I think many teams probably submitted offers within minutes of hearing that <laughs> Kevin Durant wanted to trade, uh, you know, out of Brooklyn. So I, I just you look at what Boston were able to accomplish this past season, getting as close as they did, going to the NBA Finals, and yes, making significant changes during their offseason, acquiring Malcolm Brogdon, uh, just you know, just improving what was already a very good roster on paper. But if you have the opportunity to acquire a superstar, generational talent like Durant, then why not do so? And look, Jalen Brown, a name that's been linked to many trade deals over the last couple of seasons of his career, and yet. You know, still a very good player, an all-star, still just 25, got lots of potential there that has been untapped and might remain untapped, but still a good centerpiece there. And if you're looking at the, what the Nets are looking to build in the future, if they have to move on from both Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, uh, then why not include him on there? Because he's a he's a great, if not a, a building block, he's a good piece to have. He, he gets you a lot further than you were, and you can still continue to build around him, acquire the right players. You still have Ben Simmons there, theoretically. So it makes a lot of sense for both teams. And, and you know, obviously, something, again, that we'll talk a little bit about later, but uh, you have to wonder, as always, why the news is being leaked now. Because then mm -hmm. you hear later on in the day from Brian Windhorst, I think, saying that that offer was submitted weeks ago, as we just talked about. So it, it's a good deal for Boston. It's a good deal for Brooklyn. Uh, and you wonder why, if it had happened weeks ago, why it hasn't happened yet. This is the one of the weirdest things that happens in this business. Now, look, like I'm not Brian Windhorst, and I'm not Sean Strania. I'm certainly not Adrian Wojnarowski or Chris Haynes or anybody else. Um, but like I dabble in the circles, right? I dabble in the, in the, the muddy waters of NBA rumor milling and information trading. 
right. and it's just very weird. What'll happen is I'll hear something and be like, I'll, I'll get it from two different places and be like, okay, this might be something. And so yeah. I'll try and get it from somebody directly involved with it. Right. I'll go to the per somebody that I know close to the situation, quote unquote, and be like, Hey, so I heard that you guys were talking about this. Can you just confirm that this happened? And the response is usually, yeah, we, we definitely talked about that two months ago. That's, that's a thing that we did two months ago. Right. We haven't talked to them in over a month and a half now. Cause that's something we talked about two months ago. Nothing came of it. It's just weird. That's like a, what I think my opinion on this is that I think it winds up being a lot of times everyone's trading information and using something that's dead is like, it's a valuable asset to give to the media but it's not something that you're giving up that offers any risk. You're not upsetting potential talks. You're not exposing leverage. You're not upsetting something that you're trying to get done currently, right? By basically exchanging something that you did talk about. Now, the other part of this, and you kind of mentioned it is like the question of who's leaking it. I'll just go ahead and tell you that this straightforward here. In my experience, I have never in my time doing this ever talked to an executive ever who has said, yeah, we offered this and they turned it down. If someone says it was turned down, it's the team that turned it down that's letting you know that they turned it down. I've had that happen a lot, which is like, oh yeah, they offered us this, this, and this, and we turned it down. Because it's all about establishing the market. Like, that's what's going on here. Sean Marks is, is continuing to establish the market. We've seen this over the course of the last few weeks. The Pelicans are mentioned, but Brandon Ingram's, it started with Devin Booker. Like that right. was the first one, which was, yeah, 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 no, 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 KD definitely wants to go to go to Phoenix. It's not happening without Devin Booker, which everyone was like, well, that's obviously not going to happen. The Suns are not going to give you Devin Booker under any circumstances. But Sean Marks is basically saying like, ah, that's how good we want here. And now it like, it moves down a little bit and moves down a little bit. And then like leaking this offer. And like, I'm not saying definitively it was Sean Marks. It could have been anybody in the next organization. It could have been somebody close to KD or Kyrie, whoever, right. whoever leaked it. Like it sets a market of, hey, you better know it's going to take a jail. Like you offer us Jalen Brown and we're saying, no, that's right. not enough. Jalen Brown is not enough for Kevin Durant. We're not just going to be like, oh, we get a good young player. Cool. And like the question of Jalen Brown being enough is a question we'll talk about in a second. Um, but that's kind of like my read on it is I'm not surprised when Windows reported that it was old. Um, right. I'm not surprised that the Celtics are obviously interested. Like some of this is always funny the way it's framed. Um, Latronius says in here, he, they, it mentions that they view him as quote, the piece to put them over the hump, the missing piece. I'm so tired of this guys. It's Kevin Durant. Right. Okay. Kevin Durant is not like, Oh, it's the secret X factor. If you have Kevin Durant, you're a contender. That's how I don't know, works. Matt. He could have a good game here and there, and my maybe <laughs> puts you over the top. Seriously, like, like, oh man. I mean, we're pretty close, and Kevin Durant could just get us a little. Are you kidding me? If you have Jason Tatum and Kevin Durant, you're absolutely ridiculously, insanely high on the list of contending teams. That's absolutely ridiculous. So, um, it's just funny how these things are pressured. Now, the next question, of course, is should the Celtics include Jalen Brown at all? Which has sparked uh, what you would imagine to be. Uh, the typical well-measured response from Celtics <laughs> internet. And so we'll talk about whether or not the Celtics should include Jalen Brown uh, and what the, this could have the impact on the on the rest of the KD market. We'll do that when we come back on Locked on NBA. But first, I would like to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is 
incredible. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes a latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing coconut brownie chunk built bar, but guess what? Your friends at built bar are giving coconut brownie chunk the puffs treatment. That's right. Coconut brownie chunk built bar flavor you love in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness. I, I tried one of these, and I'll tell you, David, I'm not big on the puffs. And this one, right. I've absolutely, I've already gone through the the box that they sent us to to try it. I've already gone through them. They're so good. They're only here for a limited time, though. Go to built.com right now to make sure you don't miss out. They're gonna go in fast because they taste amazing. But not only that. They're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. The best part about puffs is, of course, that they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, whether you got a craving, you need to satisfy a sweet tooth, or you need a quick, healthy snack. They're an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get over to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk built puffs right now. Go to Built.com. And use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. We'll be right back on Locked on NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us, making us your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Tomorrow, we got Jake Madison and John Corrales. You can check in and see your John uh, probably talk about, well, he'll actually be pretty reasonable probably and actually say that they should trade for Jalen Brown. As soon as this came out, uh, predictably, I'll just say this, Celtics fans are not like, oh, yeah, like uh, 9 out of 10 franchises, David. Nine out of ten fan bases in the NBA, this comes out and people are like, we're going to the championship. This is it. We're going to win the title. Banner 18. Like, they're they're going wild. They're like, whatever it takes, get it done. This is KD. This is amazing. The Celtics, right. being the Celtics, are like, do we have to give up Jalen Brown? Like, wh- do we really want to do Well, they just beat him. They just swept Kevin Durant in the first round of the playoffs, man. Right. Why do you need that pup? Right, right, right. <laughs> so... You know, predictably, this has kind of caused a question of, of do you want it? And what's funny is if, if you ask this question, and it's like, okay, well, if we're going to give up Jalen Brown, what are you going to give up? And it's like, well, you'd have to give up Marcus Smart. And like, oh, we can't give up Marcus Smart! Love and trust! Love and love and trust! And, you know, I think there is, the reasonable Celtics fans now, like, look, you're going to, if you want to get Kevin Durant, you're going to have to give up one of these guys. I guess the question I have is, for, I don't blame Sean Marks for basically being like, that's not enough. Jalen Brown had an amazing playoffs. He was awesome. I love Jalen Brown. I love everything about his game. I think he's incredible. I, I don't know that Jalen Brown's the number one. Like, I just don't know that he, like, he, I was doing this on, on vacation. I made, like, a list of, of tiers of offensive engines in the NBA. And, like, yeah. Kevin Durant's definitely on that list. Because Kevin Durant, even though he's not, like, the passer that some other guys are, still a very good passer, and he's such an offensive hub, you can just run the ball through him constantly. You can't run the ball through Jalen Brown for like nope. 80 possessions a game, right? You can't do that. And so for me, like Jalen Brown can, like cannot be the, the like centerpiece or the only component of a deal. And part of this also, I think when we get into the talk of the, of the trade discussions, the Celtics, you cannot trade Celtics picks as high valuable because you're going to have to be like, look, man, with some of these teams... If KD is dealt there, and 
that they like the Suns, for example, they compete, they win a title, but then after that, it's like, all right, Chris Paul retires and Jay Crowder's right. gone and right. DeAndre Ayton finally gets dealt. And, you know, later it's like, okay, these picks actually might be valuable because now it's just like Devin Booker and, and pieces. Right. With the Celtics, you got Jason Tatum forever. Right. And he, and, and that's going to keep you at a high level. Those draft picks simply aren't going to have the kind of value that some of these right. other potential situations, I think, are. And so that, I think, has to factor into any sort of conversation, which is why, you know, for the Celtics, I do understand, honestly, them walking away from this deal. Like, if there's if there's continuing conversations, I cannot blame them for being like, no, because you your window is so wide open. You made the finals. You were it, you were two wins away. Could have gotten there. So I don't blame them honestly for for thinking that Jalen Brown, even though I don't think that he's a number one, I don't blame them for being resistant to the idea of including him in the deal. Well, wait, you you mean from the Celtics perspective that they shouldn't include? Yeah, so Jaylen I'm Brown saying I, I'm saying I understand the idea of we we can do this without Kevin Durant, right? If you just want to say like is is getting Kevin Durant better than 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 keeping Jalen Brown? Yes, obviously. But I also understand the idea of if you're giving up X, Y, and Z, the problem I think really comes into if they do this deal, they're going to have to get, let's say they don't have to give up smart. I think they'll have to, but if they were to do this deal and they don't have to give up smart, but it's like Jalen Brown and they don't Derek really White, have a couple picks, Derek White, Derek White and a couple picks, right? That margin might be the difference for the Celtics. And even then, again, I think I'm skeptical that Nets will take that offer. But I guess my question, are you of the mindset of just basically like, look, if you can get Kevin Durant for anything that doesn't involve Jason Tatum, you should do it. Is that your view? I, I think so in, in terms of the context of what Boston wants to accomplish and, and that they have sufficient depth at, at almost every position too. Like you've got Grant right. Williams still there. You've got Robert Williams. You've got Al Horford still there. You acquire Malcolm Brogdon. So now Derek White becomes you know superfluous uh and if you can keep smart you know and you still have a young core there again with tatum still very much in his prime and very young and able to continue to grow and develop and you can add a generational talent like you mentioned Durant. i i don't think the i don't think the the obstacle to getting the deal done should be jalen brown like he's a fine player and i know a lot of celtics fans are kind of like well you know he was the the centerpiece the first pick that we got in exchange for Kevin Garnett all those years ago. And that right. is, you know, you've kind of got this emotional attachment to him being there, but he's kind of, I think he's kind of limited. And you're to your point, he's not a number one. He's a fine complimentary player. That's fine. That's not Kevin Durant. Absolutely. You trade him for Kevin Durant. I just, <laughs> yeah. I don't see, I don't see why that would be what holds up the process there. I, I, let, I think, me, let me be, let me, I should probably re be clear here. I'm saying I understand Celtics fans resisting. It's clear mm -hmm. the Celtics are not resisting. The, the no, offer yeah, was the offer was literally, "Hey, we'll give you Jalen Brown for KD." So like right. they're open to it, right? And the question is, I think becomes more about uh, whether you're open to the idea, like trying to understand why Celtics fans would be resistant to it rather than oh, just being like, "I mean, he's 33 years old, right?" Durant, he's gonna be get, yeah. he's gonna get hurt at some point. That's just a realistic point. You know, he's at mm -hmm. his career now where he's gonna get hurt. Uh, is he going to take the ball away from Tatum? Is he going to you know disrupt things? Are you going to have to run things through KD? Is he going to fit alongside Imo Doka's offense? You know all these questions. 
none of which really matter because you get Kevin Durant on <laughs> there, Kevin and it's Durant. Kevin Durant, and that's all that matters. It's like all of a sudden you're a, not just a really really good team, but you're a damn good team that's probably untouchable. Like I think getting Kevin Durant on that roster makes them the clear number one team in the NBA, and I don't think it's particularly close. Uh, I it's think not. that's kind of yeah. I think they're the best team in the East by a wide margin. I think they're also the best team in the, in the league, even better than the Golden State Warriors. Again, if you're looking at the Warriors having just won the title, maybe making another run next season, you'd want Kevin Durant on your team because I think he's got a little extra edge to him when he's going to take on the Warriors there. So yeah. I'm curious uh, to see how that finals matchup would go. But anyway, yeah, I, I think yeah, I can understand fans' perspective being fans a little unreasonable and saying no, JB's our guy. We want him on here. We, we we've stuck with him. Uh, yes, he's got, you know, although they turned on him pretty frequently during the playoffs when he was coughing up the ball a million times, but still, he's still our guy. But you know what? It doesn't matter. You, you get Kevin, Kevin Durant, Durant, yeah, everything else falls into place. Yeah, big upgrade on Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown is the ability to dribble. That seems like a, a good <laughs> a good bonus that KD's got sure. over over JB. Uh, right. So let's expand this conversation a little bit because like we talked about, I don't necessarily think this is going to happen anytime soon. Tarania right. reports like it's not imminent. When horse said it's old, right? But it establishes a market. So now the question becomes, does this apply pressure on the other suitors Absolutely. to include more? This is one of the problems that Phoenix, I think, is facing. I think like Phoenix is where he wants to go. That's been the what I've heard consistently. Is that if you yeah. had, is that if Kevin Durant had his druthers, he would be with the Phoenix Suns. Okay. Yeah. But after the Aiton deal, they're limited with what they could do. They can't deal Aiton until a certain day, and then yeah. even then the Ben Simmons thing causes a problem with that. They're not going to trade Booker. It doesn't make sense to trade Chris Chris Paul. Like, if you're if you're the Nets, you don't want Chris Paul. That doesn't make any sense right. for you, right? They don't have young assets. Like Cam Johnson's good, but he's not like he's not the centerpiece of a deal that Jalen Brown would be. So this puts even more pressure on the Suns to basically further leverage their entire future, which is going to be tough. And even then, may not be attractive enough deal for the Nets to actually go along with it. It puts pressure on the Pelicans, who have resisted, right. including Brandon Ingram. Like, I don't know who. There is someone connected to the entire situation that is actively feeding that if this if that Brandon Ingram is like, the Pelicans can get this done and and Durant would be interested in in New Orleans and would be okay with this happening and that New Orleans deal is plausible and that the hiccup is Brandon Ingram. If you ask me who I want between Jalen Brown and Brandon Ingram, that's a really interesting question. Um, I kind of lean towards Jalen Brown, even with the dribbling thing, mm. just because mm. of the defense. Like Jalen Brown is yeah. like can be a really good defender, and I have questions about Brandon Ingram's like versatility on in some in some ways. And then we well, go to the mean, Heat. Isn't it ironic though? If, isn't it ironic then that Bi, who's been talked about as the next Kevin Durant, etc., would replace Kevin Durant in Brooklyn? Yeah. Like, I mean, all this leverage from Brooklyn, and it's clear that that's you know that's the case. They're trying to shake free either Brandon Ingram. Scotty Barnes, Barnes or Bam Adebayo. Or Bam Adebayo. Yeah. Yep. That's yep. what it comes down to. It's like Perfect the, the package for Hero, OG Anunoby, or whatever, just hasn't been enough. So we want one of those three guys because they're better than Jalen Brown in, in context of what we reportedly have been receiving in terms of offers. So the difference, I think, with New Orleans or with Miami versus New Orleans and Toronto, if right. you trade Brandon Ingram, you still have Zion Williamson, Kevin Durant, right. CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, yeah. Herb Jones. You have a contender there, right? If you Absolutely. trade him to Toronto, as low as I am, generally speaking, on Toronto, you still have Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, if you can get things back in 
if you can get that situation managed, which Masai's handling it, I think, the right way and just ignoring it, um, you have good depth. Well, okay. You have okay depth. Gary Trent Jr., whoever else. Yeah. Trent probably goes in the deal. You need to hit on some of uh, some young perimeter, like the peripheral guys. Yeah. You still probably have some problems with guards because their depth last year was really bad, which is why their starters played like 40 minutes. <laughs> but, but the starters were really good. So like if you factor in the idea of the playoffs and like, hey, we're just going to play our starting guys all 42 minutes a game. And that's what we're going to do. That starting five is still really good. The heat problem, I think, becomes if you trade Bam Adebayo for Kevin, Dur- for Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. and it's Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, and Omer Yurtsevin. That's right. I, I hey, Deadman, you don't believe, you don't think Deadman emerges as a starter? I don't think you have enough. And so, like, this is kind of the key is like, I don't know, I don't know what this prompts from a response from Miami yeah. to get a deal done because for them, the only way to get to KD is to give up Bam. And if you give up Bam, there's no point in trading for KD. Right. Um, you know, from the Heat perspective, the Heat fan perspective specifically, you know, I think Bam uh, is a fine player, but offensively he's never going to develop into the kind of player that you'd want him to be because he's just not going to – he's not comfortable being a go-to primary scorer. And given that – you know, we just talked about this with, with Brown, too. Like, is he your number one guy? Probably not. He's your linchpin of your defense. He's what makes things so much easier for Lowry, Butler, and everybody else. He, he certainly makes up for a lot of other players' mistakes. But if you're looking at just from a, a terms of a pure foundational piece, Bam's very good and yet also very limited. And we just had this conversation on Lockdown Heat. We looked at, at, at Bam and his overall value. And, and you know, taking it a step out, you know, Zach Lowe just wrote last week about Tyler Hero being the foundational piece for any proposed trade package. And it's like, well, he's a good player, great score, limited athleticism. Has he reached his peak? Has he plateaued? And given that's the case, you know, that it might be that that might be the case. You know, I think that question applies to Bam as well. Like, what's the next stage? Like they, they say no ceiling. Like that's his nickname, right? That the Heat front right. office has given him. But how realistic is that? Like, what's he going to do? Is he going to be a, a 35 to 38% shooter from three-point range? I just don't know how much more he can expand his offensive repertoire to being that kind of foundational piece. And maybe Brooklyn thinks they can get him there, and that's why they're you know leaking out this information. I, I don't know. I, I see your point completely. Uh, it, it makes much more sense for, for teams like, I think, New Orleans specifically. I'm not – I like you, I am not 100% convinced about – Toronto's depth, considering they'd have to give up a couple of those key players in order to get KD. So yeah, the the terms are different for all of these teams involved. But that's clear what Brooklyn's trying to do. Uh, that they're they're trying to get an additional name out there. And look, there's the extra part too that we haven't talked about, but we talked about before, is that if you're going to include Bam in any potential deal, you also have to find a way to move Ben Simmons. And so that's an extra challenge for the Brooklyn Nets. So. I you have to find complicates things or not. Yeah. yeah, you have to find a team that has a number one to give that has enough left over, even if it's not a number one, that has like a number two option and like it's got if it's either got to be a number one or it's got to be like a number two guy and other stuff that yeah. after you include all that is still a contender. Yeah. But that's the key is like otherwise it doesn't make sense for the trading team. You have to find like that team has to be able to say. After we give up Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, two first-round picks, we still have enough to win the title. After yeah. we give up Bam Adebayo, 
whatever else. You know, Tyler. We still Tyler. I mean, wow, yeah. Bam and Bam and Tyler would be a lot. Be a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's Kevin Durant, right? This is like why we keep going back and forth on it, and it's it is really difficult. Um, the only teams I think that have like what guys that could be considered number ones are New Orleans with Brandon Ingram and Toronto with Scotty Barnes. Those are the only teams that have number ones to give. They can be like actual offensive engines, which is, you know, why those teams remain in, the, in those kind of conversations. Um, but boy, this is getting, and I'll also just say this, like there's continued to be discussions that Kyrie Irving expense, like Toronto reported today. He, Kyrie Irving expects to be a net next year. <laughs> Good luck with all that. Training camp begins in two months. Two months. They got two months to figure this out. Otherwise, it's going to make for uh, quite a media day if things are as as they are <laughs> for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some more point guard news. Actually, as we'll talk about Russell Westbrook and we'll talk about Kevin, an old name, maybe heading back to Charlotte. We'll do that when we come back on Locked On NBA. Back here on Locked On NBA. Thanks for making this part of your day and your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including the old YouTubes. Turn on notifications. Give us those likes. Really appreciate it. Back here with David Ramil. David, uh, on Monday, as part of more conversation that was picked up from Tarania, uh, another name that has been linked to heading back to Charlotte is actually Kemba Walker. There's reports mm. that the Hornets could be interested in adding Walker now so look walker obviously the injuries have robbed him of a lot don't know what exactly what else he's got in the tank a more interesting question i have for you rather than talking about kimball walker's direct impact on the hornets is this question why are the hornets linked to russell westbrook (laughs) and kimball walker and what does that say about where they're at like that there is something to this where i'm like what's going on that they feel like they need if you bring in kimball walker Mm-hmm. you're bringing in Kemba Walker because you're like, we need somebody that's going to be good for the locker room. We need somebody that's going to be good as like an, we need some leadership on this team. And after firing Borrego and hiring Clifford, I'm genuinely wondering how bad things were from a locker room perspective last year with Charlotte, because a lot of their moves seem genuinely targeted towards trying to realign and get some control over the locker room. Oh, you got the Bridges situation playing out. Uh, Harold not with the team anymore. Like, you're you're kind of counting on on Lamelo to take this incredible leap and become the locker room leader that I'm not so sure he is, and I'm not sure that he cap- he's capable of becoming. And so, given all that, you're looking at well, <laughs> we've got to bring somebody in to try try and fill that role. Why not have it be a guy who's already done that here, and a guy who has an existing relationship with Steve Clifford, who they know very well, and, and would be adored. In Charlotte now, now Russell, that's a little tougher to figure out because I don't know that he is that guy. It's not to question like his work ethic and determination. That I don't think of all the concerns you have about Westbrook, that those have never been uh, a part of the problem. It's 
what's he going to do outside of that? Like, yeah, he might be a good locker room presence. He's going to bond with the guys. He's going to get them to play hard and, you know, be committed and everything else like that. But, you know, he's also going to cost you a few games here and there because, well, that's who Westbrook is at this point in his career. And is he going to try to take the ball out of LaMelo's hands? It's, is he going to try to go, you know, and be the, the ball dominant player that he has been for so long? I, I, I don't know. Um, but it's clear. I, I've never even considered this as you brought it up right now. Like the, the Borrego firing, like I had not thought about in terms of, well, you know what? There's locker room issues here that need to be corrected, uh, that he's lost a locker room. I, I, I thought it was mostly just he can't get them over the hump. You know, he's not he's kind of like Kevin Durant. He, he can kind of get you over the hump. Um, you know, I just I didn't really think about the, the thing in context of like that locker room being like just you know what, we, we are just somewhat dysfunctional. Maybe that's been reports out of Charlotte that I hadn't heard, but it, it's an interesting theory. And then you bring in a guy like Clifford, who's never had issues with dysfunction. Like, he's always been so honest and upfront with all of his guys that he's always gotten the most out of them. You know, and I saw it up close in Orlando, and I think he did that yep. in Charlotte as well. So uh, a, a good a good guy to have, maybe, you know, not moving the needle as much as you'd like, but in terms of, like, reestablishing stability to a talented locker room, he's the right guy for that. I mean, look, there's a lot of ways that this could be taken, right? In terms of like, I don't think there's like, there's no reports of like problems. There's no reports of like fights or whatever. Uh, it may just simply be that the front office kind of looks at it and goes, we just need more discipline. Like these guys just need to, we need a professional voice in the room to get everybody on the same page. And yeah. trying to establish a culture is a complicated business. Like a lot of it is that when you looked at the actual on court basketball stuff, Borrego graded out pretty well. Like Borrego did not grade out as like a poor coach. He used a lot of different right. defensive schemes, which that's often like a big knock. If you want to just like really get into the X's and O's, if you're married to one scheme, you're going to have problems, especially in the playoff environment. Um, he used a lot of different schemes. He preached ver versatility. The offense had some level of ingenuity to it. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a mess, but they played very, it was like when they played within the system, they, the system looked really good. And then the rest of the time, a lot of the guys just did not seem to be committed to that system. And so this is all very surprising. One of the reasons I think this is interesting is just why are there all these changes when Charlotte was better last season than a lot of people expected? Like that to me is like an interesting question. Um, and something to I think monitor as we head into the fall, like you mentioned with the really honestly just disgusting bridges situation still hanging out there. And we'll see how that works out in basketball. And hopefully more importantly, uh, just getting that matter sorted the way it needs to be. Going can, can I can I just ask real quick? Is this just Michael Jordan saying Westbrook has that dog in him? Like I know that may be a little oversimplistic, but like, could it just be like yes, like MJ really yes. likes him? Yes, it's entirely possible. That's like entire. That's entirely possible. Um, I also think it may it may be a matter of like, look, we can't find anybody to take Gordon Hayward anyway. <laughs> so let's let's move him for Russ, and then we'll manage the Russ situation because we might be able to get something back with Russ for Gordon Hayward. Like that to me seems like it would make a little bit of sense rather than some of the other kind of equations that are out there uh, as we talk about this whole situation. Uh, we mentioned Westbrook. Uh, three teams that Sharani mentioned today that are, they've talked to the Lakers about Westbrook. The Utah Jazz, the New York Knicks, and the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers, here's the thing with the Pacers deal. I don't know what the Lakers are going to give them where it's like, oh yeah, they, they should definitely do a deal with the Pacers because the Pacers are willing to take Westbrook and they've got Buddy healed. Okay. But if like you have to give up something for someone to take Russ at this point, 
Right. And you're going to have to give up something to get Buddy Healed. So it's like, what are you giving up that you're going to give that you're going to get Buddy Healed back for Russ? Like that's a a double asset giveaway. And they don't they <laughs> literally don't have much in the way of like they they don't have much left in the way of draft equity. So I I don't know. I think I'm skeptical. The Pacers deal has been mentioned forever. Yeah. I don't genuinely know like what the Pacers plan would be there. I don't know like what the objective would be. I don't know like getting the draft asset seems good, but it's like I don't even know if you want to play him. You want the ball in Tyrese Halliburton's hands. That's what you want. So what do you why are you bringing on Westbrook? Um the Knicks would be I just want to put this out there. If the Knicks can't get Donovan Mitchell and they end up with Russell Westbrook, it's going to be painful. It's just it's too much, David. That's that's too much. Knicks shot in for even for a Heat fan that has to be too much. You have to you would have to feel bad for Knicks fans at that point. Oh no no not at all. No no, no still no. No. I, no no. I think it would be hilarious. I, I just wonder like how much of it at this point. And we talked about this a lot. It feels like, but you know, is Westbrook still a name that you can say? Well, we've got Russell Westbrook, MVP on our roster, multi-time All Star, Hall of Famer, you know, etc. That despite whatever the player is now, like that the name and the gravitas that that name brings, like would still pack people in the seats. If that's the Indiana's goal. Like, I, I don't know if they're that desperate to garner that kind of attention that they'd want a name like Westbrook there. And I mean, I know there's other ulterior motives there or, or secondary motives perhaps, but I just, I, I, I don't know. Like at this point, it's just so hard to envision any realistic trade for Russell Westbrook or the motivations behind trying to acquire Russell Westbrook at that salary, which isn't going away either. So uh, yeah, uh, but I would love to see him in New York. Having said that, I like that the Jazz have been mentioned as a destination because you know that Danny Ainge is like, like yeah, no, we'd love to have Russ. Sure. For every pick that you will ever owe until the end of time, like we're gonna file for an exception with the NBA to where you can give us your twenty thirty two through twenty thirty six first rounders. Just would be absolutely uh, brutal. Just heads up. Lakers fans, you do not want to deal with Danny Ainge with where they're at and how they're reconfiguring with what's going on with the Jazz. That's going to work out very badly. Uh, trying to figure this whole Lakers thing out is is still really fascinating. As they can, both the Lakers and the Nets are in this position of like, maybe we'll just run it forward and see what happens. And everybody's like, that doesn't seem like a great idea, but <laughs> it might be better than some of the options for trades. It's a it's a it's a weird situation that continues to linger. So. All right, let's go wrap it up for Locked On NBA. Thanks for joining us on a Tuesday. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week. Tomorrow, you can catch Jake Madison, Jake Corrales, John Corrales, talking all things for them, whatever else comes out about the KD and Celtics talks, as well as keeping you covered. All things NBA as we continue through the offseason here on Locked On NBA. Mm-hmm.